again, for being with us. Hey, many of you are watching on different platforms right now, but if you happen to be watching on Facebook Live, first of all, I want to remind you that you can invite other people to join you. But specifically on Facebook Live, we have an opportunity. You can uh, write there in the comments, and during the message, I'll give you a few moments where we would love to respond or interact with you. I mean, we want to be able to interact any way that we can and engage each other, even during this time. This is uh, a cultural moment. It's a global moment, really. It's, it's a moment where we're figuring out just how connected we really are. I mean, three weeks ago, I don't think I had ever heard of COVID-19, but I have now. We're getting very familiar with words like evolving and fluid. And, well, we lived in a world of constant change already, but now change is coming at us faster than it ever has. I write an email, and it is outdated before I can even hit send. Some of you are learning how to homeschool your children. Hey, and by the way, for all of our children, all of our students out there listening, I want to shout out to you and just say, hey, we, we're just cheering you on as you're figuring out new ways to do this, and uh, we will get through this. We will get through this, but uh, we just, we know that you're having to adjust, and so we're with you. Hey, and by the way, I mean, guys, if you could just, you know, Take it easy on your brother and sister during this time. Make it easy on mom and dad, you know, during this time. Yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, we're learning new things right now. Some of you are learning how to homeschool. Some of you are learning how to do your jobs at home while the kids are at home. And some of you are just hoping that you continue to have jobs to do. I know that on the other side of this camera right now, I'm talking to people who have lost their jobs even in the last week. Or maybe you've received a pay cut, or maybe there's, there's, there's uncertainty. You're, you're wondering what's next. And that's where a lot of us are. These are unprecedented times, to, to say the least. And let me say it again. We will get through this. But right now, we're in the midst of it. Right now, we are right in the middle of it. And we have unprecedented challenges. Now, when I say unprecedented challenges, uh, I do not mean to imply to you that this is the first time that the church has ever uh, experienced trial. Oh, we know that not to be the case. We know that not to be the case because we have been reading and studying through the book of James. And I am not going to go through the fourth chapter of James like I'd originally planned to, but I do want to take just a moment to remind all of you in your small groups, if you can meet virtually, however you can, you have the study guide. You can find it there online, so I want you to access that. You can go through the entire chapter of James, the fourth chapter, and also you can be reading through that this next week in our James chapter challenge, so I want to encourage you to continue to do that. But we've been studying in the book of James, and we know that James was the brother of Jesus. And uh, here's how James opens his letter. As James opens, he, he begins by saying, telling us who he is. He is James. He is a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12, to the 12 tribes that were scattered among the nations. And then he says, greetings. Now, who were these, uh, these tribes, these 12 tribes that were scattered? Who were they and, and why were they scattered? Well, for that, we're going to go and we're going to listen in to Dr. Luke as he records in the book of Acts in chapter 8. He sheds some light on these people who've been scattered. Look at this. 
On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were, what is that? Yeah, they're scattered. They were, the, all the, except for the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So, here you have, not only do we know that, that James is the brother of Jesus, but James is also the leader of a church, the Jerusalem church. The Jerusalem church, a church that would have been used to uh, meeting together, a church that would have been used to seeing each other on a regular basis. They prayed together, they sang together. James would have delivered a, a sermon where maybe some guy sitting in the back going, when is this going to be over? But that was all over. And these people had been scattered. They had lost jobs. They had lost their, their property. They had lost homes. They weren't able to gather together as a church the way that they had. Is any of this beginning to sound familiar? James had to figure out a new way to talk to his church. He, he couldn't, he, they couldn't gather the way that they had. And I guess he didn't have Facebook Live. So here's what he did. The next best thing, he wrote a letter so that he could communicate to the church. And this is the way James opens. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Here are these people, these Christians, scattered all over the place. Their world has been turned upside down. And what does James say to them? He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Now, you may not think that's all that uh, encouraging, but I want, you, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice what James is saying. He is not saying consider it pure joy because of the trial. He's saying consider it pure joy because of what God is accomplishing through the trial. You see, James believed that that though times were bad, that God was at work. That's what he believed. And you know what? He was right. Because I want us to go back to the book of Acts. And this time we're going to look in chapter 11. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Do you see what's happening? Did, did, you, did you catch what's happening right here? Had they stayed where they wanted to be, had they stayed in Jerusalem, had they huddled up where they were, were comfortable, then you know what? We might not be talking about them today. In fact, we might not have yet heard the gospel of Jesus yet. But though they were scattered, they must have thought, well, where's God? Does he care? Does he see? Does he have a plan? They must have wondered that. They must have thought that this scattering was, was a, a curse. But what we see is that God was using what they thought was a curse to turn it into a blessing. I mean, think about this. 
the persecution that was beginning to run rampant, the persecution that was meant to stamp out a movement, <laughs> instead was used to scatter the movement. People were now talking all around the Mediterranean, all across the world as they knew it. They were talking about the love of Jesus. And, and now, scattered all across, they were now sharing the teachings and the love of Jesus. See, God has a, a history of using the church to outshine the darkness. God has a history of using the church to outshine the darkness. A few weeks ago, I talked to you a little bit about how amazing it was that in the fourth century, in the, in the fourth century, we see that Christianity was becoming a recognized religion by the empire that sought to destroy it. And we talked about how amazing that was. But you know what I didn't tell you? I didn't tell you why that happened. Here, here's why that happened. It happened because of trial. It happened because of some very dark times early on in the early church. If we go back to 166 A.D., we look at the, from the mid-2nd century to the late 2nd century, the Roman Empire was hit by the Antonine Plague. Okay, it, it stretched every corner of the, the Roman Empire. The Roman army was devastated. Over that span of time in the 2nd century, it was estimated up to 5 million deaths. And, and then in the 3rd century, hit yet again, hit hard the Roman Empire with the, the plague of Cyprian. Uh, this time, it was estimated up to 5,000 deaths per day in Rome. Now, in these early days, they did not understand virus. They did not understand bacteria, but they did understand love when they saw it. And they saw it in these people, these, these Christians they saw it as they acted in, in love. You, you see, the, 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 the centuries would, would come and go. But there was, something, there was something different about these Christians in the way they acted. You see, when hard times would hit, people would panic. People would run away. But these people, these, these Jesus followers... Uh, they, they didn't panic. They had peace. And they didn't run away. They actually ran into the midst of the, the pain. You see, it wasn't the governments that, that started hospitals to take care of people. It, it, was, it was these Christians. The centuries would come and go, and, and it would see plagues come and go. It would see the black death, the black plague, the, the bubonic plague. But it was these Christians that were, they were stepping into the pain and once again, God was, <laughs> he has a history of using the church to outshine the darkness. I can't help but wonder how many times maybe they read James. James chapter 2. Look at this. In the same way, faith by itself, is, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you may have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And this is exactly what we saw 
we see with these Christians. Throughout history, throughout history, God is using the church to outshine the darkness. You know, I've heard the same things that, that you've heard. I know that during this time, I know that people have uh, some of hoarded toilet paper. But can I also tell you about my neighbor that texted all of our neighborhood and said, hey, we've got plenty. We've got enough. Is everyone okay? Does anybody need anything? Can I, can I tell you about the email that I received uh, just here while uh, yesterday, actually? It was an elderly man, and he said, I walk with a walker, and I've always dreaded going to the grocery store. And he said, I was certainly dreading it this time. But he sent me this email to tell me that one of our staff had called him just to check on him, just to see how he was doing. And they ended up going to the grocery store for him and then bringing his groceries to him and just leaving them there at the door. I just, I started to tear up as I was reading that. Because, friends, that, that is the church being the church. Now, we, we can't gather as a church, but we can still be the church. And that's exactly what we see happening all around us. I heard about somebody who offered to watch uh, one of our healthcare professionals who needed to go to work, but they had kids at home, and someone offered to watch their kids while they did that. And churches are getting creative. I love watching that. I mean, we've got classes that are virtually going on all over the place, and people are starting to talk about Jesus, they're, they're starting to, to come together. Even in a virtual way, people are starting to, to connect. Churches are getting creative. Families are slowing down. Families are, are taking time to, to look each other in the eye again, to have meals together again. Families are, are coming together. Churches are getting creative the gospel is being spread once again. The same thing that we see has happened all throughout history is beginning to happen again. Here's, you've heard the saying, the stars shine brightest on the darkest nights. You know, we have made it our mission. We've made it our mission here at Oak Hills Church that we guide all people to follow Jesus moment by moment. We understand that some of those moments are dark moments. In fact, right now we are in a dark moment moment but the stars do shine brightest on the darkest nights that's the way it's always been and that's the way it will continue to be i i saw uh, the other and here i want you if you are on facebook live right now i want you to just take a moment maybe you've heard some of these stories as well you've probably got some great stories just go ahead and in the comment section right there and just share any of those things that you have seen any of that light that is shining through the darkness go ahead and tell that story right there we need to tell these stories we need to tell these stories because they are God's stories. I was watching CNN the other day, and uh, someone came on from my, my hometown back in Arkansas. He's a property investor. And he said to his tenants, forget April rent. You use that money to go take care of your employees and to take care of your family. Wow. We may not be able to gather as a church, but we can still be the church. So I want you to share some of those stories. I, I know that Max is doing some devotionals right now on a daily basis. Some of those are, are reaching up to 200,000 people a day. Friends, could it be? Could it be that this is the revival 
that we have been praying for, that we have been longing for, that we have been seeking. You know, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time that God has used trial in, in, in the darkest moments in His sovereign will to allow those things for His eternal purposes. It wouldn't be the first time. And it won't be the last. Because God has a history of using the church to outshine the darkness. Could it be that God is allowing this so that we could understand not just our lower needs, and our lower needs, those are important things, but could it be that God is allowing this so that we would see our ultimate need to come back to God himself? Well, I do want to take just a moment, and I want to talk to you some more about our response as a church. I want, to, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, how we've come together. And again, I'm so proud of our staff, the way that they've responded. But we, um, I know that many of you are living on mission already. And you're doing those things. Those stories are, are all over the place. But we did want to come together and just make sure that as a church that we knew how we were going to respond to this together as the church. So I want you to know that one of the things we've done is we have put a website together. And so this is a little bit of a snapshot of the website right here. And I just want to talk through quickly some of the... Uh, some of the headings right here so that you can see what we're doing. The first heading here, it says get help. And some of you need help even right now. Maybe you don't now, but you know someone who does. Maybe you don't now, but you may in the future. And there are a lot of different needs out there. So you can go to this website. After this service, I want to point you to go to the website, and you can, and you can hit the heading get help. Now, uh, that's going to direct you to our uh, Oak Hills Church Care Center. And like I say, you'll see a list of different things there that we can provide help for. And if we can't, we've got amazing partners right now that God has been working upstream so that we can partner with people to be able to meet needs right now. So that's the get help button. Now here's the other one. Uh, the other one is, is give help. Some of you are just saying, tell me what I can do. I, I'm ready to do something. I want to be the church. I want to outshine the darkness. Well, this is the place that you can go. There are some places that are receiving volunteers, some places that aren't. I'm not going to get into all the detail of that, but you can go and you can hit get, or give help and you find out more about that. The third one is family resources. We know that a lot of you are families out there and we wanted to make sure that you continued to have the, the lessons that we would have been going through and, and the discussion questions that you can gather your family together. Mom, Dad, you are the primary faith builders for your children. What a great opportunity for you to use these resources and to build faith in your home. We've got songs, we've got all sorts of stuff. Speaking of that, we also have uh, spiritual resources, okay? Those are for, for our adults. You can go and you can find the, the study guide that I talked about. You can find that there. There's a lot of different resources that you can find that you can strengthen your spirit and strengthen your soul during this time. And then finally, uh, the Give Now button. And we've talked a little bit about that. And we want you to have that and we want you to have that, the ease of that, because we still have a city to love. We still have a gospel to share, and we're going to do that in every way that we possibly can. So that's just a little bit of an update. Again, after this service, I want to invite you to go to our website, and you can click on that, the, the coronavirus update, and you'll be able to see all of that right there, all the information that you need. What is God saying to you? 
Yes, I, I believe that God is speaking to the world right now. But I want to ask the question, what is he saying to you? What are you hearing from him? What is he asking you to do? How can you live on mission? How can you be the church in these moments? How can you be a part of outshining the darkness? We want to be a people who listen to God closely. To, to hear him, to believe what he says, and to act in obedience with that. So parents, I hope that you'll take advantage of this, this time to, to bring, bring your kids together, to be faith builders in your family. I hope that many of you will pick up the phone. People are going old school. Picking up the phone and just uh, texting someone or actually talking to someone and saying, how are you doing? Is there anything that I can pray for you about? That might be the way that you can outshine the darkness. I had a staff member that brought me a poem this past week, and I want to share that with you right now. Uh, this, this poem was uh, it's from an Irish priest, Richard Hendrick. I want you to listen to this. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. And yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. And they say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number throughout the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches... Synagogues, mosques, temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, and the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters love. So we pray and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death. But there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen behind the factory noises of your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul. Though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. 
I believe that captures the heart of the church. But I believe it was the Apostle Paul that captured the hope of the church. Look at this. It is the Apostle Paul as he begins to write. He says, we often suffer, but we are never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. We get up again. You see, that was the source. Here's the source of hope that Paul gives us. He goes on in verse 14. He says, because we know, this is why, this is why we get back up, because we know that God raised the Lord Jesus to life. And just as God raised Jesus, he will also raise us to life. Then he will bring us into his presence together with you. My friends, that is the source of our hope. I know our doors are closed right now, but God's arms, they are open wide to you. Maybe you've never received the love of Jesus. But I want you to know this is where our hope is. Jesus is not a hope. He is the hope. He is the only hope that we have. Through his blood shed on the cross, his sacrifice on that cross, through his resurrection, you can have new life. You can be a part of a new family if you'll only receive it. God is going to bring light to this dark moment. May he do it through us as the church. Let's pray. I want to pray. Father, for those who have received your love, who have accepted your love for the very first time, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for those who are listening right now that are putting their trust, they are putting their faith in you for the very first time. For those of us, we say we don't know what to do and we don't know where to go. And we lift our eyes to see you, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the God of the universe. You are sovereign. And we receive that. And we thank you. Father, we, we repent. We repent of our self-sufficiency. We repent of those times where we just thought we had control. We bought into the illusion. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. We repent. We receive you. We love you, Father, and we receive your love for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.